city to city, state to state, worldwide. You are listening to the In The Zone Network. This is it. What? Hey, this is Erica Fernandez, your girl of Curls and Sports, and this is the Parsons Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Price Check Podcast here on the In The Zone Network, where we go city to city, state to state, worldwide. As our man Palmer Alexander, the living legend, would say, we're keeping it local today. We got a local legend here with us, a former NBA player, 14-year NBA vet, a slam dunk participant. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, led the league in steals in 0405, Mr. Larry Hughes. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Hey, it's a good day. Yes, it's sir. always a good day to be an NBA fan. We got we got one of the best to ever do it in the building with us. So, um, for those of y'all you know who haven't listened yet, of course, we also had the opportunity to have Larry on the In the Zone show with Palmer Alexander. Um, there, we covered kind of all the St. Louis upbringing and kind of how that led to the journey in the league. We're gonna pick right back up on that timeline. So. Uh, we talked about rookie year, yep. get drafted by Philly. What is like draft night? What does that feel like that lead up to it? Like, do you know that's how, you know, where you're going or kind of what's the thought process as that night approached? Well, leading up to, to, to draft night, I mean, we had a, a range. Uh, yep. I think it was uh, six to eight. So six was, was Dallas yep. and eight was the Sixers. Okay. So I knew that I would go, you know, somewhere in there, but I really knew that I was going to the Sixers. We had conversations that understood what Larry Brown was looking for. Um, so probably going to the Sixers when it's, when it's all said and done. Dallas would have been nice. I like Dallas, you know, at the time. Yep. But Philadelphia was, was, was definitely probably, you know, going to be the landing spot. So what's crazy is this draft night was out in Vancouver. Okay. And that's Vancouver washed. Right. <laughs> so that's like a place that I've never been – Never thought of going, but I had to make sure that I had all of my people at draft night with me. So we all took a trip out to Vancouver. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To Vancouver. And we enjoyed ourselves. Yep. Yeah. But at the same time, it was a crazy experience because it was something completely new and was just running to a different, getting ready to enter into a different journey. Right. But draft, draft night was crazy. Cool, cool. So you go draft night, of course, go to the Sixers. Um, of course, at that point, you know you're playing with Allen Iverson. Like, what was that experience like? You know, what kind of bond did you guys get a chance to build? Because you guys are both young at yep. the time when you get drafted. Yeah, well, that was um, – so my mom was working at the time and, and also my little brother. So they actually went to Philadelphia before I left. So mm. they went up there because school was starting. They needed to get situated. My mom actually had a job in Philadelphia. Okay. So they left before I did. So one night they were sitting in the, the, the local uh, Fridays and just so happened that Allen came in and yeah. that was his, his, his local spot. That was a hangout spot, right. the Fridays on City Line. Um, <laughs> so my mom and my brother met Allen before I did. But the love that he showed them um, just got all of my respect because he's a guy that has a name, number one pick. He's A.I. And for him to show my little brother and my mom, like, the love that he did, we were locked in from day one. And we were in the lockout season, so we didn't have, a, you know, we didn't have a facility to go to. We couldn't start the season. So when I went to Philadelphia, I was with him. He knew, you know, the gyms that the guys were playing at. You know, he had all of his cars there. Um, you know, if I needed transportation, he was, he was there. So I was with him, you know, for 
at least three months before the season started. So we got a chance to, man, build. Like, we hooped together. But, like, we had conversations. Like, we rode around. Like, we shopped. Like, you know, we, we ate together. Like, we, we, really, we really broke bread. And it was, like, early on in, like, you know, my NBA experience. But we connected. Like, because we had a lot of, lot of things in our background that was, that was really similar. That's what's up. That's what's up. So, of course, lockout season finally starts. Y'all start in January? January, yep. So you got basically like a 50-game season yep. in like four months. Yep. What was that experience like? Uh, it was crazy, man. Um, when they announced it, we had been working out. But, like, you can't really work out or you can't really, you know, prepare for training camp or prepare for an NBA season by yourself. So it was body shock. We had two a days when they announced that we were having – we were having, you know, practice or, 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 you know, the season was starting. We were having two-a-days. So it was body shock. I mean, I've never tested my body, pushed my body to this length to get ready to play basketball ever. So that's really what I remember is, like, we stayed at the Ritz-Carlton. We stayed at a hotel. Uh, Nazir Muhammad was my roommate from Kentucky. Yep. Uh, we just lost to them in, in the national the championship, championship game. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? So you know what that was. We had a good relationship. But that's what I remember about training camp is, like, I'm really getting prepared to play in the NBA and to play with grown men. And that's what I was thinking, like, man, I'm getting ready to play with grown men. So, did, oh. did Nazi Muhammad ever give you hell uh, while you was his roommate? You know, we beat y'all and stuff like that in the tournament and whatnot? No, nah, not, not really. We talked about it. But what's crazy about that national championship, when we played in Atlanta, that's where, that's where the, the tournament was at. So we were in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And Freak Nick was, like, in Atlanta, like, right around that time. <laughs> so – I kind of decided I wasn't going back to school, so I stayed in Atlanta. <laughs> and while we got it all out the way, is I seen all of those guys walking through Lenox Mall, all of the uh, Kentucky yeah. basketball players. Oh my gosh! Walking through Lenox Mall, and you know we had our little jokes there, but Nas he didn't carry it to the he didn't carry it to the league. That's so. what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up for real, man. So you get to the league, shortened season. What was that like? What was that welcome to the league moment? Like, everybody kind of has that moment. was like, okay, like, it's real now. Like, what was that moment for you? Uh, I was ready to run and jump and dunk. That's, that's what I was ready to do. <laughs> and anybody in the way uh, going over through, like, that was my mentality. Right. Like, okay, I, I'm here. I got to prove myself. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to turn 19 in a little while. Um, so, that's that was my mindset was really is I need to prove myself. Yep. So, we talk about, you know, basketball is coming off the rim. You got to go get it. When you talk about playing defense, that, like, you got to go do it. Like, you got to prove yourself, you know, in that arena with grown men. And really, back then, it was, like, older teams. Like, right. older guys were, were in the league, so it was, it was different. Right, because I was going to say, like, 98, it wasn't a whole lot of guys going one and done. And so, obviously, you know, your situation is kind of what made you go that route and turned out well for you. But is it, you know, what's that like in a locker room, kind of being the only guy that's, you know, 18, 19 and trying to get acclimated to the league? Uh, I had a guy, AI. Yep. I had a guy. Right? And he <laughs> had guys. Yep. And I had I had his guys. There you go. So we all linked up, and I had guys. So we all kind of just did what we did, but we had a group, and we knew, you know, what page everybody was on. You know, what I'm saying that was in our age, you know, in our age range. Right. I mean, I played with Rick Mahorn. Yeah. <laughs> I played with Scott yeah. Williams. Yes. Right. You know what I mean? So right, real these vets. real vets, real vets. So when I came in, and I was playing against these guys. I had to find somebody that I related to, but also learn from those older guys as well. Right, right. So 
Fast forward now, All Star Weekend 2000. You get to be a part of the Slam Dunk Contest. Kind of gave us a little preview of this mm-hmm. off air. So I guess for the people listening, give us the the story of how that all came to be. Well, All Star Weekend is is still All Star Weekend, right? But even back then, All Star Weekend was was more of a show. Yeah. Right. I mean, you had just a different presence. You had older guys in the league that sort of carried a different – you had Jordan, you had, you know, all of these guys that carried a, a sort of a different vibe. So All-Star Weekend is, was was different. So that's what I wanted to experience. <laughs> right. that's, that's what I heard about, and that's what I wanted to experience. Right. So, yeah, when we talk about the slam dunk contest, like I was telling you, like originally I was supposed to be in that Rising Stars game. Right. And for whatever reason, I didn't get in the all st- the the Rising Stars game. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to make sure that I was good. They wanted me at All Star Weekend. So it's like, hey, you want to do the slam dunk contest? Well, my thinking was, I want to be a part of All Star Weekend. So if that's what we're doing, then right. I mean, I don't do a lot of the creative, but I can dunk. So, <laughs> right. so I mean, that's what you yeah. said you wanted to do. Yeah. Run, jump, and dunk. Yeah, run, right? jump, and dunk. Yeah, so if you throw it, I'll, I'll go get it. Right. I'll, I'll do something with it. But, yeah, so what it was for me was we had All-Star Weekend in Philadelphia. I think we had, like, the early game. So, you know, if we played on Wednesday, we were done Thursday, Friday. Probably had to be in Oakland, you know, Friday night. Right. So after we played Philadelphia in six, with the Sixers, I came back to St. Louis. And there's pictures that are still circling around <laughs> to this day. <laughs> to this day. To this day. About that party that we had like right before All Star Weekend. And we had that party. The next day we jumped on a plane and we went out to Oakland, uh, Oakland yep. San Francisco, and we partied again. So it was more for me about the experience. And the, the All Star game was like, um, that was like what? Like shrap metal. <laughs> right. Mean, the slam dunk kind of like shrap metal. Yeah. Like it was coming from all different angles. I wasn't really interested in it. But that's really the story behind it. There you go. Because I know I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, St. Louis is representing, man. I was like, yes, this is awesome, dude. And he get up. I think it was one of the dunks he was trying to do was a, it was the Doug Christie. Um, I can't think of the, how, what he calls it for nothing. You know, between the legs. Kenny Smith. The Kenny Smith. The Kenny Smith is what he called it. Go between the legs, go off the off the glass and dunk it. Yep. The thing went between his legs and went over the hoop. I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> that, that tell you that you're dizzy. Yes. That tell you that you didn't know where the ball was going. Yeah, that didn't didn't really, because, because I, I, you know, I, did, I used to do that in practice. Right. Like, if I got a steal at half court and I'm on a fast break, I could do that that dunk in you know, real time, in live time. Yeah. You know, stop at the free throw line, you know, in motion, right. throw it between my legs and catch it and dunk it before the other team get down the court to play defense. Right. So I've done that dunk, you know what I'm saying, in, in live. But when you out, again, all, it's all-star weekend, it's not the dunk contest. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, it's much bigger than that. Yes, sir. Much bigger than that. And, and, and you know, it's, of course, it's a showcase. Of course, uh, if – if you don't know who won, you can go find it on video yeah, anywhere. Put, yeah, We're not going to tell you. Put in YouTube video. You know who won. <laughs> but it was just like, what for real, though, outside of that, what was it like being in an all-star weekend experience like that? Well, that That's, was the product of it. Yeah. Me walking around in kind of this fade, this, this daze. I mean, that was, that was a product of it because of all the experiences. Like I said, we talked about um, – uh, a party that, that Mary J. Blige and AI had 
it was at some museum and we just talk about the the number of you know we were riding limousines back then and that's you but the the number of limousines that was pulling up you know what i'm saying to this party and you know people getting out and stars getting out of people that you've watched on tv or heard on the radio for years and years like you're actually seeing those people now so that was an experience for me and then i'm with chuck i'm with ai so everything is 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 a, is a wild party you know we, we're having a good time mm-hmm. so that's that's really what it was the experience and the dunk contest was a product of it uh, but i do have a story about vince and okay. obviously you know you know vince won it obviously right. yeah so we all going out to party and Vince didn't go out. So as we all walking out of the door, Vince pointing at the guys that's in the contest, like, yep, I got you. Yep, I got you. Yep, I got you. <laughs> right? So as we all walking out at whatever clock in the morning, Vince staying in, he waiting, you know, for the slam dunk contest. And that that was the result of him waiting, man. you know, wow. and not going out. Epic. Yep. <laughs> Epic yep. after that, man. So, funny enough that that All-Star Weekend is in Oakland or the, in the Bay. Yep. You get traded the fo- following year, right? To No, it was that same year. Same year. So, yeah. you end up going back <laughs> right after. Yep. What was that experience of getting traded like? Especially the first time you've ever been traded, you 19, 20 years old at that point. What kind of effect did that have on you as a player? Um... Now, it didn't really have an effect on me um, because I, growing up, I went to a different school every year up until I got to high school. Right. Mm. So I was good with moving around. I'm here for a year, whatever months, I'm going to this other school. I got to make new friends or do whatever I got to do at this school. So I was used to that. Okay. So being traded never never bothered me. Half the time I was asking for the trade. Okay. <laughs> right. So me and Larry Brown, we butted heads. Okay. Me being from where I'm from, his thought process and his mentality of, of – where he's from, we butted heads. I mean, it's the young guy coming up. He already had Allen, who was more than he can handle. Right. So to add me into that mix, it was it's, taking him yeah, overboard. <laughs> Pushing him it off was, the cliff. It, it, was, it was taking him overboard. So we clashed a lot. I mean, and to this day, I, I learned a lot from Larry Brown, one of my great mentors to this day. But during that time, we clashed. But being traded out to Golden State, it was me getting a chance to experience if I'm able to play in this league. Right. And that's how I looked at it. I, they gave me the basketball, said, go out there, hoop, go make plays, and we'll see what we got later. Right. And that's what I did. So that experience of being traded, um, you know, obviously with the Sixers doing what they did, they made it to the, the finals. I didn't get a chance to get comfortable with where I was at, whether it be six-man coming off the bench, whether it be playing behind AI, letting him rock the show and, and, and fill in the blanks. In Golden State, it was like, okay, you go hoop. And I figured out that I could actually make it and play in the league by that time going out to Golden State. I'm sure I would have figured that out later on, but that experience really helped me, like, understand that, hey, dude, you, like, you can play in this league. Right. And so you also kind of got the dynamic of going from a team that has, like, playoff aspirations at the time. Warriors weren't really – you know, again, you was kind of rebuilding, trying yeah. to see what you guys had in young talent. Um, what were some of those, like – what? takeaways that you have from that time with the Warriors oh man that was that was a wild ride that was a wild ride I mean we talk about I mean we went you know games I mean well we wouldn't win a game in a month you know 13 games lost 14 games lost we didn't win a game right so it's like imagine showing up to work like knowing that like you don't really have a chance to to win the day that's that's the kind of things we were running into in Golden State Mm -hmm. but we were exploring 
Right. right? We were exploring. We were getting to play all the minutes. Yeah. You know, getting a chance to make all the mistakes. So that was okay for right. that learning period. And I tell people all the time, like, I played in Golden State, obviously before Steph and before they got good right. in times when we were only winning 19 games in a season. Right. So during that time, I learned a lot. But at the same time, it was – I don't like to lose. So right. that factored into how I carried myself with the moves that I was in. So, I mean, that was, uh, you know, just a, a small piece of, you know, figuring out that you don't want to be a loser, you know, in the NBA. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I know Palmer kind of asked about this before we got to record, too, uh, getting to go up against Kobe, get to, you know, kind of go toe-to-toe with him in, in some of those Western Conference battles and, and, you know, back in that time. What was that experience like? And, kinda, you know, what takeaways or what things could you learn from playing against him? Oh, well, I, I loved it. I loved the competition. I loved the fight, like the elbows we would exchange, the you know the knees that we would do, you know I, I loved all of that because he brought that out of you. Yeah. Like if you allowed him to step on your foot and you not move, like he's gonna step on your ankle and like <laughs> right. to your shin and he's like gonna keep he's going, gonna right? keep going. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the type of person he is. So there was a lot of pushback, and I mean we were right there. I mean just as far as the, the developing and trying to be a shooting guard and trying to. Obviously, the Lakers were in a different position, so they were had different aspirations than what we had. So we were just going out to hoop. Right. So whenever I got a chance to go out and hoop and compete against Kobe, like that was fun for me. Like and being in Golden State and playing him in the preseason in the regular season, I see him like eight times. Right. I was gonna say you get to see. I, pl- him I played against Kobe like eight times, and he didn't take like preseason games off or whatnot. I mean, we would do stuff in Hawaii where both teams would go over, yep. play exhibition game. Like he didn't take time off like that. So for you know at least three years, I'm playing him like eight times a year. Mm. Yeah. So it, it's fun, and at the same, we got a lot of pictures, a lot of video from it. But people don't get a chance to experience that sort of level of competition that many times a year. Right. You know, like like you know we were doing back then. Right. Right. So you get the time, you know, kind of grow and develop your game in Golden State, then move on to Washington. Yep. Um. At the time, I guess, when you were in Golden State, you and Gilbert Arenas were together for a brief period. Yep. You go out to Washington, he comes later. Was that familiarity good for y'all in, in trying to build up that culture? Because, again, it was another team that first got there may not have been winning quite as much but kind of got turned around as you and some other players got involved. Well, G.A. was my little brother. Like, he's my little brother. So when he got drafted in Golden State, I was already there. And I was the first guy they called. To, well, I think I was the first guy or the, the only guy that, that they knew could have conversations with him and, you know, kind of get him on the right track. Right. So he, he's been – since he came into the league, I've been making sure that he's straight, making sure he he had meals, making sure that he had money in his pocket, make sure on the road that, you know, things went right. So when I moved and went to Washington and, and played the season out and then he got a chance to come there after my first season, yeah. like we're right back in the same ball game again. Right. Like he's coming to a new city, new situation – like, he knows that I'm going to make sure he's straight, and all he got to do is hoop. Right. So, we had a really good relationship. Um, also, Antoine Jameson. Yeah. So, I mean, we put a really good team together in, in Washington, you know, for those couple years, and, and Gilbert was a big piece of that. Yep. So, Washington, you get a chance to get into playoffs and kind of get some, you know, real meaningful basketball games going. Um, Eastern Conference, a lot of people don't remember, was pretty tough at that yep. time. Yep. So, what were those battles like going up against, you know, the Detroit Pistons, the Miami Heats, 
um, probably it was a little bit before the Boston Celtics, but the you know the uh, Pacers team yep. that was part of the whole malice of the Palestine. Like, what were those battles night like, night in and night out? Tough, tough. And you can imagine. You just look at you know how the the, the rules have evolved from back when I was playing to how they're, they're they're now. Right. I mean, it's tough because guys can stand with two feet in the paint. Yeah. Right. There was. Um, you know, all the physical contact that you could allow, you know, from a defender, you they allowed it. So it was tough. It was not only the skill of players, but also the strength. Yep. You know, and, and going against skilled players that can also use their strength is tough. Right now, in, in this game, you know, skilled players, they have to use their skills. Strong players, they have to use their skill. They can't just be the strong player anymore. Right. So, but when I was playing, it was different. So, having skilled guys and strong guys, man, it was – it was it was a battle, and so backtracking just a second though, of course you first get to Washington. Michael Jordan is there. Yep. You, your first year in Washington is his last year. Yep. Correct. So, what is that like? Do y'all know like immediately going into the season that that's okay? This is going to be kind of his like farewell tour. Oh yeah, we we knew uh, we knew. What's crazy is actually M was in the the, the front office because he actually signed me. So, wow. so he he signed me, and then I was also his, his teammate. teammate. Yeah, um, and we had some you know prior relationships because of St. Louis and Chicago and Tim Grover uh, oh. and working out with those guys. So I I knew him from and also David Falk, yeah, who was with you know Fame and you know you know those agents. So I knew up MJ, but to have him sign you, and to then be his teammate, and to then know that you know this is his last season, you can't beat that, right? Like, you can't beat that. Like, I got visual experiences that nobody will ever, you know, have because of just, you know, me being in that space, you know, at the right place at the right time. What was the best thing that you learned from MJ in that one season? Man, it's how he carries himself, how he commands a room, how he is respected when he walks into a room. Those are the most important things that, that I pulled away. Because, again, we're talking about, like, MJ being at the end. So as a player, like, you know that you're going to some point in time be at the end. So how do I do that? Like, a lot of guys, we, we do the court stuff. But how do I do that? Like, how do I have a presence? Like, how do I have that that vibe, that that persona about me? Like, you know, when I walk in, it's like, oh, man. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's yeah. that's what I watched about MJ. Did you have any one-on-ones with him, like, you know, just off to the side and y'all chatted for 15, 20 minutes, or did he take your money when he was playing cards? <laughs> right. we, we, we did everything the teammates do. Okay. Like, we had those conversations in the locker room. We had those towel conversations. But, like, we had, you know, on the plane, uh, him, you know, putting out the cigar on the bus, him firing up the cigar. <laughs> like, we had all of those conversations, like, that you would have, like, with – Say a normal teammate, but like like a normal guy, like a, like yeah. another teammate. Like we yeah. had all of those experiences. I took money from him. He took money from me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Charles Oakley is you know another name, another yeah. you know yeah. legend that comes yeah. in in the mind. We talk about us sitting around, you know, sitting around, and I'm looking at Oak and M and like like all these people that I have seen on these different Let It Fly, you know, Come Fly with Me videos and things right. like that. The people that run with M, like that was an experience for me. Wow. That's that's what's, That's what's up, up man. man. So, of course, Mike moves on. We talked about you, you know, linking back up with Gilbert Arenas. <clears throat> Y'all start winning in Washington. Yep. Uh, going to those playoff battles with, you know, again, Detroit, Cleveland. You then switch teams. Yep. And go on the other side of those Cleveland and Washington battles. How, first question, how did that get received by your former Wizards teammates? 
Well, they they know they know me, so they know what time it was. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They yep. they know me. They know, you know that that Washington. You know, like they say, they fumbled it. Right. Like they knew that I wanted to come back. They knew that I wasn't asking for much. They knew that you know the ball was in their court. Right. So mm-hmm. whenever I wasn't there, they automatically like knew who to look at. Like yeah. they did. They knew not to look at me because they right. knew what time it was with me. So I didn't have any like any side eyes because. The guys that I was with, they knew, you know, they, they knew what time it was. And to credit Eddie Jordan yep. uh, with those Washington teams as well mm, because yep. he brought in a system and a style that was really good for me, and that's player movement, ball movement, uh, equal opportunity offense. Uh, was that Princeton offense is what they were, were calling right. it. But he came in and he really brought um, just a different vibe to, to what, you know, Washington was doing, but also just, you know, to get myself – um, in positions to be successful, he he really helped me out. Right, and so you know, in Washington that last year, oh four, oh five, basically career year for you, over twenty points a game. You lead the league in steals. Like, was your mindset of preparation any different that year versus any other years, or is that just kind of how how the you know chips fit? Well, we we were connected. The offense was working. Like yeah. I was comfortable in my space. I knew I had GA. I knew I had Twan. Yep. Right. I knew I had Brendan. I knew I had Eton. Yep. So I, I knew I knew my guys. I knew what time it was. Like I knew if I took like two bad shots, like they wouldn't be over there chirping about. <laughs> right. They gonna freeze me out the next time. <laughs> right. They gonna let me rock. Let me figure it out. Yeah. So I, I I knew those guys and they knew me. So when we you know and that's that's really when I you know performed my best. So that's what it was a, a culmination of all those things and just being healthy. Yeah. I struggled with a bunch of nagging injuries with hands right. and stuff like that. So just that year was healthy and. It, actually got injured um you know during that year as well but for the most part I was healthy and um you know the team was really focused on executing the offense there you go uh, about that you spoke you spoke about injuries and you said you had a lot of nagging ones how were you able to handle that because you know players get down on themselves when they yeah. constantly getting injured and stuff like that how were you able to handle that during your NBA career it's really just play through it Right, and I think a lot of guys may get down because of what the outside noise is. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're injured, you you can't perform the way you would normally perform. I mean, there's an outlier one or two times where you may, you know, just feel great this game and it just all clicked for you and you, you actually get your job done. Mm-hmm. But when you're injured, like, it weighs on your performance. And I think a lot of guys let what people are saying, you know, who don't really know exactly what's going on, it affects their mental and it affects their game. But for me, I was I was – I was just a little different. Mm-hmm. I was a little different. I knew I had perspective, so I knew that whatever was going on, it wasn't the end of the world. You <laughs> right. know what I'm saying? Like right. if I was injured, it, like it would get better. Like maybe I don't want to be injured at this time, but you know that's 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 what it is. I mean, I, I live by serenity. I've been living by serenity my whole life. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's really a part of it. But injuries are a part of the game. Like I, I tell my son, like it won't be your first. It's, well, it's not your first, and it definitely won't be your last. Right. So you just got to manage all that stuff in between. That's what's up. That's what's up. You get a chance to be in Cleveland, get a chance to play with LeBron James. You know, you got a chance to participate in the NBA Finals. What was that experience like? You just like, I'm here at the end all be all. Well, it was, it was, uh, it's what we shoot for. Right. Even when I'm in Golden State, like, before I start training camp, we're going to win a championship. That's how I'm preparing. Like, we're going to, I'm putting myself in position so we can win a championship. So when you 
do all of that work year after year, and then you finally get a chance to to make that happen. And again, I got injured in the Detroit series yeah. before we played the finals, before we played San Antonio. Mm-hmm. So I only played two games in the finals because I was injured. But I made it there. Mm-hmm. All of those years of preparing and preparing and preparing, I actually made it there. And then there's a lot of guys that's in the league that play in the league that have played in the league that have never made it to the finals. Right. That have been injury-free their whole career. You know what I'm saying? That have been Everything's been good that have never played in the finals. Yeah. I got that experience being the last two teams, all of the media, doing all right. of the interviews. Like, I got that experience. So, it, it was great. That's what's up. Yep. So, going to Cleveland, like, of course, you get to see young LeBron. Yep. What – could you like see at that time that you knew kind of set him apart from some of those other people that he was being compared to both in the league at that time and even other, you know, greats, you know, before his basketball brain, his basketball, brain. he was young. So yeah. like his, his social brain of knowing what's going on, the ins and outs of, you know, how life is going on around him. Yeah. That wasn't formed yet. Right. Right. His views and perspectives that wasn't formed yet, but his basketball brain was amazing. Like, is, is understanding of how to have basketball conversations and to interpret them to make it make sense for him. Right. Because what I like with Bron is that when he came in and everybody was giving him everything, like he sat on the plane and talked to older guys. He talked to uh, David Wesley. Right. He may talk to Allen Henderson because those guys have experienced certain things in the league as a role player or maybe as a different position player that he may not have a chance to experience or, or hasn't had that chance to experience yet. Right. So that's what sticks out to me, man. And it may sound a little bit weird, but is a guy that comes in with all of that, he takes the time to, to understand what's come before him. Yeah. I mean, he's setting himself up to be successful, and that's what he did. I mean, we, we 19 years later. I mean, I, right. he, I was this third year in the league, so we're 16 years removed from, from that time period. Yeah. Yeah, longevity is crazy. So, seeing that, of course, y'all get to the Detroit series, you get hurt. But, of course, you see you guys lose the first two games, win the next four. LeBron has the, you know, crazy 25 points or, I guess, what, 25 out of 28 or something like that. So, guys get to the finals. You know that you're playing San Antonio. What is that? mentality like going into that series do you kind of like okay we got to shock the world is it like you down on yourself even though you at the final like what what's going through your mind at that point well we had some days in between and I was getting injections in my foot like before each game so I was getting a, a Novocaine and, and something else something else in my my foot to to make it numb so I couldn't feel the pain so we had a couple of days maybe more than a couple of days before we actually played San Antonio right so I'm like yeah I'm getting ready to get healthy. We here, we we going for a chip, right? Like we 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 are going for it, but I wasn't really healthy. Right. You know, I, I wasn't really healthy. So, but our mindset was yes, it wasn't necessarily going to be an upset, but we had what it took to win a series. Uh, Mike Brown, who was our coach, had just come from right former San Antonio. San Antonio, yeah. the things that San Antonio were running, we were running the exact same thing. So we understood what they brought to the table. It was a matter of how consistent we could be to actually win the series. And we played decent, right? We played decent. We didn't play well enough to win a game, 
but we played well enough to be in all of those games. Right. I was going to say, you guys didn't really get blown out in no, any game. No, we didn't, get, we didn't get blown out. We didn't get blown out. And just, you know, shout out to those guys. I mean, I, I played the first two games, and I had to shut it down. Um, but, yeah, it, we were in the series, but we couldn't win a game. <laughs> right, right. Hey, San Antonio, look, that they were running uh, a pretty well-oiled machine by the time <laughs> oh, yeah. 07 oh, yeah. got there. So, oh, yeah. following season, you move on, you get traded again to Chicago. Is that feeling any different, getting traded the second time versus the first time? No, because um, I needed to change. Okay. Like, I needed to change. During that time, during the 06 season, I lost my brother. Right. So, Cleveland was – it was one of those foggy places for me. Like, anytime I would get on the road, I would get in the fog. Anytime I'm driving to the practice facility, I get in the fog. Anytime I'm going to the arena, I get in the fog. Yeah. It was like – it was just on me. Right. <laughs> so I needed a change and didn't really know how to express that or like what was really going on. Right. But riding those same roads that I, when I heard, you know, that I lost my brother was like tough. Yeah. But I didn't know that at the time. So when I'm like, yo, I got to get out of Cleveland. I don't know where I, I, I need to go, but I, I, I have to get out of here. It's not, you know, anything on LeBron or the team or the city. Right. It's like, I need, I need a change. So that's really what that was. So it wasn't anything like real basketball related. I was just looking for a place where like I could like, you know, spread out again. Right. Now did you get a like say so in it being Chicago or is that just kinda where it ended up being? Well, you kinda know. And as a player, I mean I was making a lot of money. So a team's not gonna trade for you if you're not like right. willing to go or you got some sort of, you know, plan in place to you know, to make it make sense. Right. So I think Chicago for me was good because um, it was closer to home. You know, I love being in Chicago, so it made a lot of sense at the time. Gotcha. So, of course, after that, you get to move on to a couple different teams. After, are there any of your former teams that you feel like more closely associated with, or that you kind of identify with more than others? Yeah, I think I'm more uh, tied to uh, you know the Wizards, and then uh, why? I mean, excuse me, the Wizards, and then Cleveland. I mean, yeah. those two teams, um, even though Golden State has been great. I mean, I got great guys and great – I still got fans out in Golden State, man. So, Golden State is a, is a was a blessing for me. Right. Mm-hmm. But as far as, like, the teams, when we talk about, you know, great fan memories and, and winning moments and things like that, yeah. those two teams, you know what I'm saying, come in, into place with Washington because I love the city so much and it brought so much um, – you know, was able to sign a deal after that. So, right. <laughs> and then Cleveland, we made it to the finals, won a bunch of games, uh, played with Brian, so we were on TV all the time. Right. You know what I'm saying? I got my Nike deal because Brian was, you know, <laughs> next to Brian. They got to see yeah. Nikes next to Brian. So, there you it, go. Cleveland was good, too. Yeah, we always celebrate securing the bag on, on That's the right. Check. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, got to love that. Yes, so, um, when you got to the end, like, same way we talked about, like, that welcome to the league moment. Is there, it, like, a moment specifically where you like, okay, might just be time to hang it up? Yeah, for me, um, is when I was really thinking about uh, the next phase of, of, like, business life, for things yeah. that I wanted to do outside of basketball. Um, and then I, we had another lockout. Right. And I was going to Orlando, and I was spending more time on my business venture that I was spending, like, thinking about the scouting report or – going to train or going to work out. Right. So I kind of started feeling it at that point. It's like, I'm spending more time. And then I was on a veteran deal. So I was like, you know, I, I'm already making that with 
what I did what well I for myself. So right. I'm, I'm already I'm already doing that. So I'm just really just kind of just like being here. Right. And that was kind of the, 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 you know, the telling point for me is like, where's my focus at? Where's my mind at? And, you know, I'm going to be real with myself. It's not really on, you know, playing basketball right now. Like my kids, my I got daughters that are getting ready to go to high school. So, like, they're growing yep. up. Like, it's time to jump back into the to the home life and the family life and, and do something different. Right. So, you got four kids, right? Yep. Two girls, two boys? Uh, three girls and three. one boy. So, Outnumbered in the house. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. We we fight, baby. We fight. (laughs) We we fight tooth and nail. Now, do your obviously your oldest son plays basketball. Your daughters both play basketball. Um, What is that like getting a chance to be able to kind of teach them some of the things that you've been able to learn in your career? Well, it's all about life. Like basketball's taught me life. So we talk about basketball. We talk life. We talk about adversity. Everything that comes with, you know, trying to make a team or trying to. To accomplish your goal, to, to, to win a game, that's the same thing that, that, that happens in life. So if you get frustrated with losing the game, you'll get frustrated when there's a challenge, you know, you didn't complete a project or, you know, your, your, your manager got on, on you for some sort of reason, you're going to fold. Right. So even though we do basketball, man, we talk life all the time because, again, man, I'm, I'm 42. I played till I was, you know, 32, so I've almost been – It'll be 10 years here so, in wow. January. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I understand like the, I understand that that you can't play basketball forever. And those are the sort of conversations that I have not only with my son, you know what I'm saying? There's a professional league for for males and also females as well. Right. But I had those conversations with my daughter as well. Good. One of the things that I've noticed is of course um is more ballers from St. Louis making a name for themselves and that was spoken about in the in the zone show. One of them Plays for the Boston Celtics, <laughs> yep. and you know him quite well. Yep. It's All Star Jason Tatum. Have you worked with Jason along with his father? Uh, you know, help building building him to where he's at right now. You know what? We've been on the court a few times, mm-hmm. uh, but I like to say I talked to Lil Jay through his dad because I understand about all the voices and all the comments and yeah. all the information that you have to cipher through. And I know that his pops is going to give him the right information. So we talk basketball, we watch basketball. So anything that I see on or off the court, you know what I'm saying, big or small, mm-hmm. I mention it to to Tat, to, to Justin, his dad, and I know that in some way he'll figure out how to get him the message. It won't be ever that, you know, L said or Larry said, it'll just be in conversation about how to maneuver through or how to get to, you know, point B. So I think that, you know, we've had a, a hand in, in his development for mm-hmm. sure. Um, he has a good circle around him, and just happy for him, man, and proud of him that he's uh, doing what he's doing, and he's still a you know 23 years old, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's 23 man. years old, so he's, <laughs> the, the sky's still a limit for him, and he's still tapping into you know all that stuff that you know that he has to come. That's what's up. Yeah. So, a couple quick hit of questions before we get you out of here, man. So, is there any team in the league that you didn't get a chance to play for that you wish you did? Um, I say Phoenix maybe. Okay. Wow. Phoenix just for the fact of the weather. Yeah. And okay. when I used That's to go right. to Phoenix, man, I know it's a quick hitter, but when I used to go to Phoenix, man, them guys pulling up in the they drops, you know, getting out <laughs> right. the car and they shorts and everything. So that was that's a buy for me. Not yeah. Miami, huh? Right. I thought you just said that one. Yeah, I'm a. That's the fast. Miami would be the fast. Yeah. Phoenix would be the slow. More of a slow okay. pace. And, I, and, I, and I'm more in that in that speed. There you <laughs> yeah. go. Okay. 
So if you could give rookie year Larry Hughes any advice that you wish you had when you first came into the league now, what would you say to him? Um, I say keep the main thing the main thing. Mm. And when I say that, that's just about just going out and hoop. You know what I'm saying? Just keep the main thing and go out and hoop. Spend as much time as you can in the gym. All those things will come. You have a lot of time after you get done hooping, you know, to experience a lot of different things that you did, you know, in these first first couple of years, the first couple of months. Right. Cool. So, of course, we've seen, you know, recent years, the whole comparison, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, you got the perspective of actually getting a chance to play with both of yep. them. Now, granted, different parts of their career. Yeah. What's what's your outlook on that debate between who's better, who's greater between the two? Well, if we talking like that goat, you know that everybody uses, it has to be MJ for me. I mean, Bron is is special in his right. I mean, I, I I use it as as you got the jump man, so you got Jordan and the jump man. You know, he's staying, got the ball up, yeah. And Bron just hanging on, you know, one of those feet, right? He just hanging on. I mean, he just he just hanging on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but but MJ is is for me, he's the goat. Uh, his mentality, everything he brought to the table, um, you know, and how he did it is is, is it, it rides with me. You know, it, it makes sense for me. There you go. There we go. But now, this has been hell of a hell of a time, man. Great time having you on. Definitely appreciate you taking time to do this. Tell the listeners, tell the viewers who are watching this on YouTube where they can find you on social media. Well, yeah, on social media, uh, The Real L. Hughes. Um, you can tap in, I think, on, on Instagram and on Twitter as well. Uh, but also check out the Larry Hughes Basketball Academy. Yep. Uh, you can also uh, go to that website, it's lhbastl.com. Uh, the team does a great job of keeping everything up to date, you know, on time, on target. Uh, we have a number of different programs uh, for the young people to, to put themselves into. And, again, it's about building peak performance on and off the court. Uh, and this is our give back. And come check us out. Be a part of what we're doing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, again, Larry, we wanted to make sure we got you on, man. Thank you for, for taking the time to do this. Again, a real legend here in St. Louis, so we want to make sure we give you your flowers while we can, man. So, uh, definitely, anytime you want to come back, man, you got an open season. Appreciate it, man. Y'all got to tell us how it happened. Yeah. Right? We yes. put a post out. Hey, so, yeah, so we can, we can, we can get that story real quick because yep. this was kind of by chance. So, you tweet out. This is probably, what, three, four weeks ago? Yep. Um... Uh, you know, all I'm paraphrasing here, but all local podcasters basically like get at me, like yep. I want to come come talk. And of course, me being who I am, hey, I got the only NBA show in St. Louis, man. I'm shooting my shot, man. So, uh, which is true, yeah. So, <laughs> I, the first response to me because at first I'm like, okay, damn, like how do, how do I reply? Do I like what should I do? And I'm like, fuck it, I'm just gonna go ahead <laughs> and go for it. And so I quote tweeted and I tag all this and I say, look, man, I started this podcast two years ago. I asked him when I first started this podcast, hey, man, how can I make Larry Hughes happen? He's like, look, I don't know if we can. Of course, I, I didn't even record the episode yet. He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if we can do that yet. But two years in the making, man, I see the tweet. I say, you know what? I'm shooting my shot. He agrees. I send you video that we did. Uh, shout out to my man Melvin here doing video for us now, yep. Dope Media. Yep. Uh, he did the mailbag episode for us again. Shot the DM to him. He say, hey, right on where y'all record at. And from there, we set it up, man. So, again, we huge, huge opportunity for us. We appreciate you being gracious enough to do that, man, and giving us that opportunity back. So, uh, forever indebted, man. That's what it is, man. The opportunity, man. You got to take advantage of it. Yes, you know sir. what I'm saying? It, it, you never know if it's really real, right? But yeah. if somebody trying to throw something out there. 
hey, look, pick it I, up, see what it look, is. Because I don't know how many replies I was gonna have to send to get my <laughs> to get my tweet seen. But look, it was gonna be me tweeting at every and anybody. Look, tag Larry Hughes, tag Larry Hughes, tag Larry Hughes. So yes, we sir. we avoided the extremes, yes, but sir. we made it happen, man. Oh, man so we definitely right appreciate it, bro. Yes, sir. All right, so look, ladies and gentlemen, that has been another episode of the Price Check Podcast. This is kicking off the next NBA season for us. So, of course, big season in the NBA, 75th anniversary. Um, so we got a lot more to come, a lot more, you know, that we'll be talking about here over the next couple of weeks. But wanted to kick it off right. So until next time, you know, this is Price Check here on the End of Zone Network. Checking out.